We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mass Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am rejoined by my co-host, Drew Johnson. You can find both of us on Twitter, myself at Dalton underscore Trigg. You can find DJ at Coach Drew 33. Lots to talk about today because it's been about a week since we've checked in with y'all. And, uh, you know, the Mavs, they started out on this tough four-game road trip. Uh, it didn't start off well because they went to Indiana uh, to play the Pacers, who have the best offense in the league. They have Rick Carlisle, who, you know, it's no surprise that they're the top offense in the league when he's the coach because, you know, he's a wizard. He can he can draw up anything. You, if you just give Rick Carlisle five serviceable players, he's going to find a way to have a top five offense. So yep. uh, <laughs> Mavs got completely outclassed in Indiana. Uh, then they went to Cleveland two nights later, and they played the Cavs really well. You know, the Cavs have won 24 – I mean, they've won 20 out of their last 24 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've been on a tear. They're the number two team in the East, a very good defensive team. And the Mavs played them really well for, you know, uh, 47 – let's see, 47 minutes and 58 seconds. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, – you know, uh, Luke, they were down one with a few seconds left. Uh, Luca passed the ball to PJ Washington, who finished at the rim uh, over. Uh, it was either Jared Allen or Evan Mobley. Either way, it was a great finish by by PJ. And there were 2.6 seconds left, and the Cavs didn't have any timeouts. So you're thinking, okay, well, you know, just just don't have anything weird happen, and <laughs> you're going to get the win. Max Struess hits a 59 footer just a prayer answered to give the Cavs the win. So that was deflating. Uh, he had 15 points in the fourth quarter, didn't miss a shot, uh, just just unreal shot making. From, I mean, you can't do anything except tip your hat to, to somebody who does that. And then what's funny is this next game the Cavs played uh, against the Chicago Bulls that went into double overtime, I think. Struce started out – I don't know what he finished with, but he started out shooting like one of six. And I'm like, of course, you know, yeah. of, of course. <laughs> of course that happened. So that was deflating. Uh, we had some things to say, you know, about how Tim Hardaway Jr. was supposed to be guarding Struce on those uh, attempts before that happened. And then maybe it wouldn't have even gotten to that point. But, it, you know, it is what it is. And then finally – 
The Mavs go to Toronto for the third game of this four-game road trip. Uh, Toronto, not as good as they used to be since they traded, excuse me, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, but they're still a very well-coached team. They're very uh, pesky defensively. Uh, they have an influx of talent from the New York Knicks and, you know, quickly and R.J. Barrett and, uh, obviously, Yaka Pertle is all, always a handful down low. He's your typical he, he, he's your he's, he's your typical Spurs type player, you know. Uh, but the Mavs they went in there uh, after a shaky first half on defense. They clamped down in the second half and ended up getting a, a one thirty six to one twenty five win in Toronto. Luca had a thirty point triple double on his twenty fifth birthday. Uh, 14 assists, he was dishing, and uh, he would have had even more assists if Derek Jones Jr. hit some of those wide-open threes that he had. Uh, Kyrie was great, too, had 29 points. Uh, went on. He, he, he was putting on a clinic in that fourth quarter. Every time the Raptors tried to make a move to get back in the game, Kyrie was like, nope, nope, you're staying down. And uh, also, P.J. Washington had a very good breakout game offensively. 23 points shot, uh, six of 11 overall, had three blocks in this game along with the six rebounds. So, P.J. Washington was great. Derek Lively, five blocks in this game, uh, even though he only had four rebounds. He had five blocks, nine points, perfect from the field. Daniel Gafford was good. All the pieces that you needed to be good in this game, they were good. And even Tim Hardaway Jr., he was hitting, hitting some shots, uh, which obviously changes things. Dante Exum was back after missing 13 games, and he's another ball handler. <laughs> another ball handler, another defender, you know, gives you another option if Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't hitting. So a lot of good things to come uh, or that came from that Raptors game. What are your initial thoughts? Well, number one, we got a really key piece back from the injury list uh, in Dante Exum. I don't think people understand just how big of a role he actually plays. Um, he can handle the ball. He's a fantastic defender. His jump shot has improved tremendously. The guy helps us out. Um, also, you know, when those three pieces are clicking, whenever you got Luca, Kyrie, and PJ all clicking, it's we're going to be very hard to stop. The key is just achieving consistency in that regard. And whenever Tim Hardaway Jr. is hitting shots, uh, his worth goes up tremendously. Uh, as far as being out there on the floor. But whenever he's not, he can be a kind of a liability defensively, as we saw in that Cavaliers game. But I just want to say something about that Cavaliers game. You know, as I don't know who was making the call down the down the line at the end of that game, but if you are up one to two points and they have to go the length of the floor to score, you, you, press. Always, you always apply full court pressure, always. Yeah especially on the guy who has hit five straight threes in the fourth quarter. You yeah. always at least guard that guy. Yeah. Because these players, they're way too good to give them any open looks from anywhere, especially a shooter like Struess, especially a shooter. So that's just, I don't know who was making the call down the stretch there, but something different had to be done. Yeah, it was crazy because, I mean, you could see it coming because Struess took the ball out of bounds, and you knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. He was going to inbound it, sprint straight up the court, have it handed back to him, and then he was going to launch it. 
They should have pressed, you know, they should have had full court pressure, like you said. And then as soon as he passed the ball, they should have just doubled. You know, let yep. Evan let Evan Mobley shoot the half court shot. Yep. <laughs> what they should have just denied him outright. Like they're they're like, yeah, you can double and try and trap him, but honestly, if we would have denied him from the get-go, just denied that initial pass, it would have flustered the ball handler and they would have ran out of time. Yeah. So I, it, I don't it, know it, whose job it was. Still, in still worst case scenario, you know, Evan Mobley's shooting the half court shot, and I'm I'm almost guarantee. Now I, I I'm not gonna fully guarantee because the Mavs tend to have bad luck in these situations, yeah. but you know, I'm pretty sure he misses that shot. So, you know. <laughs> but you can't let the guy who is on fire shoot from anywhere because as I said earlier, people in this league are way too good. Specifically yeah. the people who are known for shooting the ball, and that's Struce's MO. So Oh yeah. And uh I mean look, Luca Luca got a hand. He actually contested that shot too, you know, as well as he could have without blocking it. And it's just one of those things. The guy was hot. Uh, he got a good running look at it, and you know it is what it is. Um, it was a 59 foot shot. It's the second longest game winner in NBA history in the three point era. So just whew, crazy. And then what's funny is out of the top five longest game winners, uh, Julius Irving had one against uh, the Mavs back in the day too. So the Mavs have are the victims of two of the top five longest game winners in league history. <laughs> Sounds about right. I bet we didn't full court press then either. But you have to hand it to him. I mean, on going from that, you know, you you know, PJ Washington feels like he got his game winner. Uh, the Mavs beat the number two team seed in the in the East, and then you lose in that fashion, and then you have to immediately get on a plane fly to Toronto and take on a scrappy Toronto team on the second night of a back-to-back on the road, and then you come out and win that game, that shows a lot of mental fortitude for this yeah. Mavs team. You know, you have to have a really strong mindset to to be able to turn the page that quickly and perform the way they did. They scored 136 points on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. That's insane. Well, they so, were rolling, man. They were rolling. The pieces were that they were – they were doing what they're supposed to do. Again, if we can just achieve consistency. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're going to be very hard to deal with come playoff time. I've been very, and I know you have too, but I've been super impressed with PJ Washington's defense. He is, I mean, I knew he had, you know, the the capabilities to be a good defender with his length and, uh, you know, his his act. You know, he has he's got quick feet and everything. But I mean, I didn't realize just how good he was. Until he came over, and given you know where he came from, it probably overshadowed, you know, the the Hornets' defensive issues as a team probably overshadowed how good PJ was individually. And now that he's in a system where he has more talent around him, uh, and you know they have several serviceable bigs who can protect the rim, and Lively, Gafford, even Maxi has come on strong here lately. You know, all that put together, and you're seeing just how valuable P.J. Washington could be. You know, when we first got him, uh, you know, my first thought was this could be, you know, uh, an Aaron Gordon-type situation, you know, when the uh, the Nuggets got him. Because, you know, Aaron Gordon, first seven years of his career he spent with Orlando Magic, he didn't win a bunch of games. No. Several That's a lottery really good comparison. That's a yeah. really good comparison. <laughs> Several wow. lottery teams, and then he finally got to Denver, and he became a key piece for them, showing you know what PJ is showing us now in Dallas, and ended up being you know one of the more valuable pieces on a championship team. So mm-hmm. obviously the Mavs are hoping that that trend continues with how the PJ stuff is going. What I just love, I mean the the defense has been consistent every single game. But what I loved about in Toronto is like he was assertive on offense mm-hmm. and he was assertive early. You know, he he scored 11 total points in that Cavs game. He had 13 points in the first quarter alone in that Raptors game. You know, he wasn't hesitant. He was letting it fly from three. The shot was falling. You know, he even if he misses a shot, he pursues the ball well. We talked about this, you know, mm-hmm. a couple episodes back. He just has a nose for the ball. He can get offensive rebounds, and he's got a good floater game. So, I mean, I, I've, I'm thrilled with P.J. so far, and I think it's just going to get better and better the more time he spends with this team and the more comfortable he gets playing with Luka and Kyrie and knowing where he needs to be on the floor. And, you know, I'm just – I'm really pleased with how they responded uh, against the Raptors. And now, you know, there's going to be another big test to end this road trip. They play in Boston tomorrow night and you know boston best team in the league fantastic record i think they're like i'm not looking at the standings right now but i think they're like 46 and 12 or something like that so, 
<laughs> something um, ridiculous. Uh, they've only lost like three games at home this entire season. So it's going to be tough. I mean, they played uh, the Celtics pretty close before the trade deadline at American Airlines Center. They ended up losing 119 to 111. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes this time around since they have a little bit more reinforcements and Dante Exum's back. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a huge test for the Mavs. You know, all the national media seems to be coming around and yeah. giving the Mavs some props and saying that, you know, they are title contenders and all this stuff. Well, this is going to be one of the best chances they have, uh, you know, to go out there and prove that against a very talented Celtics team. What are you looking for with this matchup specifically on Friday? Well, it's going to be a battle of depth. Last game, I felt like – or the last game that we played them, I felt like, you know, before trade deadline, our depth really wasn't where it needed to be in order to compete with something like Boston, who is the deepest team in the league, in my opinion. Um, they're very talented. Jason Tatum is very, very good. But, you know, I don't think he's better than Luka. So I think we have, we have the best player in the league – or at least one top three player in the league, in my opinion. Um, I think we've got a lot of really good talent surrounding him. I think that Kyrie Irving is going to be extremely motivated to absolutely thump the Celtics like he always is. <laughs> so that helps because a motivated Kyrie Irving is very scary. Um, I think that the key, number one, is P.J. Washington coming out and being assertive from the get-go. I think we are a much better team whenever – he puts his mind to it that he is going to go out there and have a big game. He can't be passive. He has to come out and demand the ball immediately. And I think there's a real chance for him to have an advantage out there just because of the things that we've said. You know, he plays bigger than what he is. He's very skilled. He's very athletic. He makes an impact on the glass. I think that PJ is the key to us getting a victory in this game. Well, the shot blocking altogether is what is so impressive. Like, I mean, yeah, it was great. He can't. He went out there, got 23 points, shot the ball well, had six rebounds, but the three blocks is what mm-hmm. stood out to me. And then you look at your starting front court there with uh, with PJ and Lively combining for eight blocks in one yep. game. Nobody's getting anything easy. <laughs> Nobody's going to get it. Well, and that and the thing about that is you erase a lot of your high percentage shots. Now the Celtics are going to have to really rely on the outside looks, which they can hit. They're very good at this. Jason Tatum specifically is very good at shooting the ball from the outside, specifically that little uh, that little side dribble thing that he likes to do. Oh, yeah. Very good at that shot individually. And it's Luca, Luca's tried guard. to take that. We saw that in uh, – what game was that where Luca hit? It was the last home game before they went on this road trip. But Luca, he, he had one of those uh, – it was the Suns game. The first game yeah. out of the All Star break, yeah, he he had one. He he copied the Tatum uh, step to the right. It, it was kind of it was a step back, but it was more yeah. like a step to the it's side. side step. Right, it's a side step. <laughs> and to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, that shot pisses me off just because I see kids <laughs> like in lower levels try to do that exact same thing and clank it off the backboard. There's only one per. There's only a few people <laughs> on earth that can do that shot effectively. Um. But yeah, our our length and athleticism and just shot blocking in general is going to be tremendous for us as far as you know keeping them out of the lane and keeping them from having high percentage looks. I think Luca has a little bit of Larry Bird in him as far as like he sees stuff 
or he he just he just wants to challenge himself with like weird like he he sees other players doing stuff and he's probably like oh I can do that too yeah so you know you'll see him practicing it a little bit and shoot around or whatever you know I've seen Luca do I've I'd never seen him do it in a game until that Phoenix game but you see him like messing around with it and shoot arounds and stuff like that so. Uh, he he brought that out there, but it made me think of like that one time Larry Bird. He just decided he was going to shoot with his left hand only for an entire game, and he still had like thirty plus points or something. <laughs> so. Honestly, that's a really good comparison. Luca and Larry has always been a really good comparison. They're very similar personalities, in my opinion. Oh yeah, their demeanors are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and last night, uh, last night when uh, I think it was Bruce Brown that was guarding Luca and Luca drove into the paint. He shook Bruce Brown off of him. And then, so Jakob Pertle came over and was going to guard him. And Luca did the little fake behind his back and he had Pertle looking both ways. And then he just leaned back and hit a little float shot in over yeah. him. And I was just thinking, man. That- <laughs> so off subject, but you know who Jak- Jakob Pertle really reminds me of? What was the guy's name? who tried to dunk on LeBron James in the NBA Finals and LeBron blocked the dunk. What was that guy's name? Oh, oh. Uh, Tiago Splitter. That's who yeah, it was. Yeah, Tiago, Tiago Splitter. Splitter. That is who he reminds <laughs> me so much of is Tiago Splitter. I got to say, though, Pirtle, he has a lot more offensive talent than Splitter did. But, you know, I can I can see where, where that comparison is, is like coming from. It's like a modern Tiago Splitter. Oh, yeah. I Look, all I know is – Pirtle, every time the Mavs tried to push their leg, like if it wasn't for Pirtle sitting in the paint and just pushing up those little easy float shots, yep. the Mavs would have been up by 20-plus, and Luka and Kyrie wouldn't have even had to play in the last, like, six minutes of that fourth quarter. So, you know, shout-out to him. He's a talented player. Mavs yeah. have been linked to him in rumors before, but uh, I don't think they need him anymore. So, Right, yeah. <laughs> but – Look, I mean, the Mavs overall, I mean, they did have a couple of hiccups there. The Indiana one was, you know, that it was pretty bad. I mean, they, there's not much you can say about that. The Cavs one, that was, I mean. That hurts. It, it was lucky is what it is. And, I mean, I get it. The Mavs have been on the other end of that, too, before. That's just how basketball is sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, but and in the grand scheme of things, the Mavs have won eight of their last ten games. And they have a chance to really make a statement on Friday against the Celtics. You know, it's uh, it's Luca versus Tatum. You know, two names that have been brought up in the top five of the MVP conversation this year. Uh, so you have that narrative going. Like you said, you have a motivated Kyrie going back to Boston. That's always interesting. Uh, I think the last time he was in Boston with the Nets, he ended up like flipping off the crowd or something. I think he's in a. I, th- I think Kyrie's in a better headspace now than when yeah. that happened. So you know, <laughs> we'll oh, see. No, if, uh, those Boston fans, though, it's hard to be in a good headspace with those people. They're brutal, yeah, merciless, pretty, pretty crazy about it's their like, uh It's <laughs> like the audience at the uh, the Roman Coliseum, like <laughs> people. They don't care. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, and then you have, uh, you know, Porzingis playing the uh, his former team and playing against Luka and the Mavs and everything. So it's going to be a fun one. And I think mm-hmm. the Mavs have a chance to win. And, you know, we'll just see. We'll see how they come out. And, you know, even if they lose, I mean, people are – everybody's expecting them to lose this game. But if they come out and win the game, 
then, you know, that's going to be something that, uh, you know, we're going to be coming back on here and saying, well, oh, look, all these people calling the Mavs a title contender. Looks like they're right. So. Yep. yep. <laughs> so that we'll would be see. a great measuring stick. Great measuring stick. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a make or break game, but it's going to give us a really good idea of where we stand, at least right now. Yeah. And then, look, well, depending on how that game goes, you know, we might uh, we might come back on here sometime over the weekend if we have a chance to and, and talk about that. If not, you know, we'll definitely come back on here the first of next week and, and recap everything. But, uh, guys, look, I appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every week. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel and leave us comments on our YouTube video. If you have, you know, your own take on stuff or if you have something else you want to talk about, go leave us a comment on there. It really helps us out. Uh, and we will see y'all next time. Y'all have a great one. Thanks, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.